Hey everybody, producer Ryan here. If you're lucky enough to listen today, August 14th, be sure to check out Cameron's set on Conan tonight. Check your local listings and enjoy the show. Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Put Thank you for coming out. Please together. see me. Put your hands together. Hello, guys. You made it. Um, okay, Rad. Well, hey, this is Put Your Hands Together. We got awesome comics in the back. They can hear you. Let's hear it for them. Let's hear it for those comics. And I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be your host. And it's, uh, it's just great to see you guys. Uh, Good, good day for comedy today. You know, honestly, that's not a, no, that's not. It wasn't a shitty thing. Today is a good day for comedy because today is the day that we try to figure out what the fuck we're supposed to do next. Um, because yesterday was a horrible day uh, for comedy. We're, we're recording this. On, this also goes out as a podcast. So we're recording this on Tuesday, and then yesterday uh, we found out that Robin Williams passed away. And that is, um, let's just let's just do a round of applause for uh, everybody here that cried when they heard that that was true. (laughs) That's so many people that didn't know him. I'm not saying anything about you guys, but I just feel like you're not that big. (laughs) So I just feel like you probably didn't know him, and I think uh, that's really amazing that he was able to do everything that he did in his life, uh, not just as a stand-up, but also as an actor. Last night, I watched, uh, I watched uh, the movie The Birdcage again for the millionth time, and that movie, so, first of all, so good, but also so important in my life. Um, I remember watching the, uh, the coupling of Nathan Lane and Robin Williams and how honest they were with each other and how um, real their relationship seemed. And I, that movie... If you don't remember this, that movie came out in 1996. So, like 1996, they're just they're just a they they are a gay couple with a child, and the Republicans are the bad people. <laughs> in 1996, like I feel like you would have a slightly different end now, or somebody would get punched in the face. Um, it wouldn't be Robin Williams or Nathan Lane. It would be uh, is that Gene Hackman? Who is that? It would be Gene Hackman. <laughs> but I, I, well, how, how many years into stand-up was I? Two years into stand-up? Um, and I was at, in Chicago. I lived in Chicago at the time. And I was doing a show at a very cool alt venue, like this cool theater that was like several hundred, maybe 300 seats. So they could actually afford to fly people in from the coasts, which all the cool alt rooms like this size in Chicago, they couldn't, you can't pay somebody to come in because you can't recover it in ticket costs or in ticket prices. So there was this one place. It was called the Lakeshore Theater. And it, it's now a, a laugh factory, which is like the ultimate fuck you. <laughs> To everybody in Chicago. Not that there's anything wrong with the Laugh Factory, but it's not uh, the grungy, dirty theater that's like on the forefront of bringing people in. So they would bring nationally touring acts in uh, that were like going to be the next big thing. So this is like, when would this have been? I guess, I don't know. So t- meh, 2008-ish, and like Patton Oswalt is coming in. And uh, who else? Like Janine Groffalo and Mar- Maria Bamford and Tig Notaro. They're all coming to Chicago for the first time, and they're playing this venue. And I remember I got booked there um, off of a set that I did in the back of like a dirty, dingy, uh, like the only straight bar in Boys Town in Chicago. <laughs> In the only straight bar in Boys Town in Chicago is there's a great uh, comedy show in that. And it's amazing that anybody goes because not, I don't mean because why would you go to Boys Town? I just mean there's like a lot of other great entertainment options in Boys Town. If you don't know what Boys Town is, it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Except, uh, it, no, it should be called Men Town. That's how it would, it would make more sense if it was that. Um, and the lesbians don't live there. That's a great question. They live in Andersonville. Okay, these are just teaching moments. Um, <laughs> It's a Swedish lesbian neighborhood. It's a little north. Gotta just go due north on Clark, and you'll get there. 
So I was, I got booked on that, and I got booked um, because I was just doing a set. I just did like a five minute set, and I didn't realize like all the talent bookers for the Lakeshore they were in the back of this room, and they were they were there just having a drink because the, their theater was really close by. And so they came up to me afterwards, and it was one of those moments where you're just like, I can't believe this is happening because one of them like popped up, like popped a business card out of his pocket, which doesn't really happen in Chicago a lot. Uh, I say that because like that's a thing I think here. I don't know. I've never been. No, people don't even use. That's not even a thing anymore. At the time, business cards, they were, uh, it was a piece of paper. About like uh, four inches by two inches and you'd write your, uh, your landline on there. <laughs> so that's funny, even that. Um, but I remember I got a business card and they were like, just call us, we'll put you up, you know, we'll get you a spot. And I think the first spot, I think it was the first spot that I ever did there. I got booked there for a weekend, but it was a local showcase. So everybody, it was just like maybe five or, maybe it was seven, seven eight comics doing, doing like five minutes each. Um, and uh, Ellen DeGeneres was taping her show. You know, sometimes late night shows, they'll do like a week in a place. So they were taping a week in Chicago. And so we're sitting backstage, and I'm nervous just to go on at this venue to anyway. And everybody else there's kind of like at my level as well, um, just like these real shaky comics. And then the stage door opens, and it's uh, Robin Williams, which is the weirdest person to show up at that moment. I can't tell you how much that's not who usually shows up to a local showcase. <laughs> Certainly not in Chicago. Like here, maybe it's like, oh, because I found out later, he's, he was like around uh, the scene a lot. You know, I would see him in and out of shows, and he, every comic kind of has a story with him, because he even though he's a massive movie star and an Oscar winner, he still would go out and do sets. He would improvise with people. But at the time, that was especially wild. Like, nobody lives in Chicago that is recognizably famous. I don't know if you guys know that about that city. It's like, <laughs> Peter Sagal is the most famous person, and you shouldn't know what he looks like because he's on the radio. So it's not something where you're going to usually just be like, what the fuck? And uh, he walked in, and he was like, I'm just looking to get up tonight. And we were just like, what did you say? You want to do, do a set? Uh, well, when do you want to go? And he was like, I'll go at the end. Now, I can't tell you what a sweet gesture that is. Here's why. Many reasons. Number one, uh, that means he has to wait a long time. Number two, that means we're all going to maybe be able to go out on stage. You can't... I don't know if you know this about a comic that's been doing stand-up comedy for two years, but tough to follow Robin Williams <laughs> in Chicago where there are no famous people. <laughs> it was such a big deal that, the, that he actually ended up staying for the second show that night. And honestly, people started calling reporters. And by the second show, there was like the, tri like the Chicago Tribune covered it. And I was like interviewed like, what's it like to do a set with Robin Williams? Like my parents framed it. Like I have, I have a quote from me being like, he was pretty nice. And then... <laughs> One of my folks, my, my parents have this great friend who, who worked just down the street. He has a hot dog stand uh, because he's a doctor and then decided uh, to retire from that and just do the thing that requires you to go to the doctor, which is sell hot dogs. So he has a hot dog stand just down the street from that theater. And uh, it's like my dad has a sandwich named after him there, which is, you know, all you... My dad's greatest achievement in life. I don't know if you guys know my dad... But he really wants a sandwich to be named after him, so he already did that. Um, so my dad called uh, Dr. Sam Giratano and was like, Cameron's at the Lakeshore! Robin Williams! And then he just ran over. I remember just a packed crowd and reporters and my dad's close friend just sitting right in the front, just like, you're doing it! Hot dogs for everyone! I don't know if you guys know uh, Hannibal Burris, who that is, but he's a comic who, when Robin just heard that there was a comic named Hannibal, he asked for Hannibal to please perform. He was just at the show watching, and Robin was like, uh, I would just like to see what anybody with that name has to do. Not knowing that, that Hannibal is then going to become like a massively huge, uh, hugely successful comic. So I, I will say that I think that, because I was rereading, Hannibal tweeted out an, the link to one of these articles where we're all quoted. It's all these local comics, and he's one of the ones that's quoted. And I do remember watching, standing backstage, watching Robin Williams backstage, watching Hannibal Burris. 
Um, and that's something that you hold on to as a comic. I just think like mentorship really matters in this field because you don't learn it any other way than by doing and watching. And after a while, you just kind of have met or have seen or have gotten like the pleasure of hearing stories about almost everybody. And I, I hope that that's what I remember is just like a guy who, um, I mean, this is not that long ago. He's in his late 50s. He's done everything. And he's still watching. Like, that's what really stuck with me. Um, he wasn't in the green room. He was, like, peeking and then waiting. And then he did 50 minutes. <laughs> um, so I, f I feel great about that. And I, I hope that we all... Uh, I mean, it feels like a personal loss, doesn't it, for everybody here a little bit? It feels like you knew that guy. Um, I didn't really know that guy, but I'm glad I got to see that guy. And I'm glad I got to see him love comedy that much, that far in. I don't know how you do that, but I would love to uh, figure that out. I would love to figure out how to stay engaged. I want to leave here now. So obviously, I still have a lot to learn. You guys have been great. Uh, that's just going to be the intro for the show, so you can clap and feel good about that. Oh, yes! Now, I felt like we had to discuss that up top because it is, that's the right thing to do. You have to, you have to pay homage uh, and doff hats to our heroes. And now what we're going to do for the rest of the show is just have a great fucking show, and you guys are going to see great comics, and they're going to do an amazing job, and you're going to realize that, like, Live comedy is still out there, and we're going to keep the, the spirit of, of great live comedy going. Yes? Yeah! I knew it! I knew you would back me up. Now, it is a great night for this next gentleman. Now, he's been on the show before, but he just released an album today on a special thing records. Today on a special thing. He just released an album today. And we are so happy to have him drop in for a set tonight. Let's hear it right now for Nate Fritzen, guys. Give it up for Nate. Okay. Hi, you have an album today, which is, which is yeah. exciting. Is this your first? It's my first album. Wow. Yeah. When did you guys record it? We recorded it in uh, December uh, in, uh, in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. So I'm standing Oh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Wait, what's the room there? Is it? The Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. Yeah, that place is great. It's great. It's wonderful. I haven't been there in years, clubs. but like, yeah, yeah. super fun. Yeah. Oh, that's rad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you feel about, I mean, obviously you're putting it out and you're excited about it, but Very I just excited. mean like, how did it feel translating your stuff? into that form like it Oh, it was, I mean, it was a great challenge. Weird, nerve-wracking, excited. Yeah, it was nerve-wracking. I was, you know, listening to, like, every comedy album that I've ever loved and, like, seeing, like, what I liked about them and what I wanted to include on mine. Yeah. You know, we recorded five shows, and so, you know... Did you do like, different stuff or the same set? I mostly did the same set, but yeah. I kind of, like, I tend to, like, go, you know, off-book. Sure. You know, from time to time. Did you use so, any of that stuff? Uh, that what? Like... Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I wanted to include everything. Every, like, every heckle that happened, every... Any Are you heckled on there? Yes, I get. It. I think I have a very heckleable face, and uh, something what about it. Say? Uh, I just get like people yelling, and you know, it's like people want to like draw attention to their birthdays, and oh, sure. people have a problem with saying whatever in some of my jokes. Does something. it happen more than once? It now? happens a few times. On wow! The, now yeah. I want to hear this. I'm trying to yeah. think if I have heard an album. I mean, obviously, like audience interaction, not yeah. heard at all. But the like straight up right. birthday heckle. Yeah, that I, sounds. I wanted it to sound like a night in the club. You know, yeah. like I wanted to like I wanted to be like an honest, you know, night at a awesome. club. Um, like I love like David Tell's Thanks for the Memories. It's mm -hmm. one of my favorite albums. And uh, he gets yelled at a bunch in that one. And that was one that I've always admired. So awesome. I like that. Well, then you did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did it. I studied and I did yeah. it. Tell us the title. One more the time. title is called Best Guy So Far. I mean... It's a line from one of my jokes. And also, like, the yeah. truth. Right, exactly. Your life. I mean, yeah. It's also kind of like a like a slight reference to, like, you know, when you're standing uh, after a comedy show and people come up to you and they're like, you were great, you were, I liked you better, so it's yes. like, you know, it's kind of like a slight there's nothing, reference to that. There's nothing better than when uh, you're standing very close to somebody you right. have a personal friendship with. Yes. And then somebody like... Yeah. Actually, I would rather have somebody say to me... I would rather hear somebody say, I liked you better. Yeah, yeah. Than be the, than hey, be the great person. job, oh, man. No, that's, yeah. that's the, that, that middle guy, what was his deal? To recover yeah. with from, yeah. Right. Well, thank you for being here tonight. And, and congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, bud. Thanks, man.
Guys, keep it going for Nate. Keep it going for Nate. And do use condoms. I really can't state that strongly enough. Use condoms. Great. How, how are you guys doing in there? You got your shades on inside. What's your life like? I also just saw you go like this. What were you, what were you doing? What was the question you were asking him? Um, they're her glasses. They're prescription. Yeah. Well, wait, first of all, excuse me if I don't feel like we're in a scene from Love Actually. <laughs> but you lost your regular glasses. You can only find your prescription sunnies. Yep, yep, that's my it sounds like you're going to end up with Julia Roberts. <laughs> Thank you. That was a perfect reference. Thank you so much. Perfect all the way around. Okay. Uh, how's, your, how's that? When did you lose them? Um, I want to hear three weeks. That's what I want to hear. Well, that is actually, that is the right, all right. time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah, you're, now you're blurry. Wow. Now, now you realize yeah. at this point it's a choice. <laughs> like the first day it's like, this is crazy. But now you're just like, I'm the girl like I get it I get I get what shit you're trying to pull I just see through it you know because I'm not wearing those um <laughs> I've been there myself I've been there myself <laughs> let's hear it for that gal she's killing it let's hear it for her and now you're laughing at her oh please Uh, are you guys, do you, are you together? Yeah. Yes? Yep. No. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are 15 and a half. It's adorable. <laughs> There's two 15 and a half year olds not looking for each other's glasses. <laughs> what are you up to, sir? How was your day? Great. Yeah, what'd you do? I met her grandparents. Yeah. Okay, all right. She's still alive. How? <laughs> Oh, you, you're a nice person. <laughs> My grandparents, too, are still alive. You met them? How'd it go? Good. How old are you guys, really? Be um, honest. I'm 21. Yep. 19. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, little sweeties. I love talking to 19 and 21-year-olds. The best part is that this is going to be recorded, and then a couple years, you guys are going to be like, fuck. <laughs> we didn't know any better. We were doing the best we could. <laughs> I like that couple. Let's hear it for that couple. Hey, how about we keep the show right on rolling? How about that? Okay, so not only... Now, your first comic. Yes, he released an album today. Your second comic. First time performing on this show. First time performing at the UCB. And it's his birthday. It's his birthday. In fact, he is one of two comics on tonight's show that are currently celebrating a birthday. That's right. This guy's mind's being blown. Yes. So I know you're going to go crazy. He's a hilarious dude, um, and I know you guys are going to love him. So let's give an extra happy birthday round of applause, Mr. Jeff Wattenhofer. Guys, give it up for Jeff. It's my birthday! You have to like this! That's my qualifications for being on this show. I, it was my birthday. I won a prize. I've never done this before. I'm joking. I have done this before. Where's that guy? Oh, it's my birthday and I don't get to perform at a sold out. Put your hands together. Maybe next year. Maybe 32 will be the big one. God, I'm coming out with way too much attitude up top. I'm not this much of an asshole, but I'm riding that birthday wave, you know, a little bit. You know how it is sometimes. You get everything you want. You hide it from your coworkers so that you don't get some happy birthday too at the end of the day. You get it. Everybody here has had... Who, has, who here's had a birthday before? All right, okay, okay. Just I want to make sure I'm making references that people understand. I don't want to alienate any of the crowd. Also, I am alienating the crowd because I'm totally going stage left. I've yet to look at stage right. You're a beautiful picture. Hello, person over there. <laughs> like, uh, 
It's me. I'm, I'm back here. I don't know who you are. Do I? Do I know who you are? No. Okay. Cool. That was weird. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Well, I, I'm glad to be here. I'm really glad to be at the UCB. I'm glad to be recording this podcast. I am also recording it on my iPhone, just so. I have a legal leg to stand on if they uh, edit this in any way. This has to go on exactly. Cameron, I got this on. Okay. <laughs> um, so the summer blockbuster season is almost over. It was a pretty good one, right, this year? Yeah. No? You didn't have any favorites? You didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy? You didn't like Planet of the... I was a, I'm a Planet of the Apes guy myself. And on my birthday. <laughs> uh, what were you? Were you a Godzilla fan? Were you, were you, was it Godzilla that you were going for? No. Yeah. Yeah. One person. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go on the record and say I'm anti-Godzilla movie because they're all the same. Every Godzilla movie is exactly the same. It's just, oh, destruction, breaking things, blah, 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 blah. It's just a big fucking disaster movie. I want to see a movie with a Godzilla that listens to reason. You know, like the human beings figure out, I don't know, signals or like a lighting thing. Like they, There's some way they break through and they get to talk to them and they express some things to the Godzilla. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you gotta stop, you gotta stop, you gotta stop. Oh my God, that dude, there's so much chaos right now. That bridge you just destroyed was 150 years old. It just got onto the National Registry. You don't understand the kind of red tape we have to go through to rebuild infrastructure in this town. We are coming out of a recession. Our local municipalities do not have the resources for a rebuilding effort of this magnitude right now without some kind of federal assistance. Do you realize how many years of lobbying and congressional gridlock we're going to have to go through just to maybe, just to maybe get that money, but in a compromised matter with like a lot of pork belly shit that's just going to ruin everything and it'll be totally compromised and we're never going to get it. Don't you realize that? Oh my God. And then Godzilla's like, oh fuck, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize the political climate I was getting myself into. You gotta understand, a lot of the countries I've destroyed in the past were kind of more of an autocratic thing, where like they didn't really think about it. They didn't think about the rebuilding process. It kind of just happened. Somebody, like just one person, he's just like, we gotta get it done, he got it done. And then all the humans are like, oh, they just got it done. Oh yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that was just, just a blanket, they got it done. You know, just like when the Olympics come to town and the government uses eminent domain to take all the poor people, move them out of their houses and bulldoze their land so that they can make what they want on the good land. And then, oh, but oh well, we got a really nice stadium we never used four years later. And then Godzilla's like... <laughs> and then Godzilla's like, well, I, I'm a stranger around here. I don't know your culture. I just want to be here. I just want to be here in America. I just want to coexist. And so they do. They coexist. Godzilla and the people that coexist. He's just in America now. He's just this thing that we don't know how to deal with. He's just like this. How do you govern a Godzilla? What rights does a, does a Godzilla... Is he a citizen? We don't know. And then all the right-wing people, they lose their shit about Godzilla. Yeah, he's destroying our land and drinking out of our rivers. Get him out of here! And so, as a compromise, America buckles under pressure again, and they push Godzilla off to some desert and let him open up a Godzilla casino. Oh, I know! It's horrible! And it's a total raw deal. I mean, Godzilla, like, the money's good, but it's not really him. He doesn't like it. And then the last half hour of the movie, the last half hour straight, is just a protracted legal battle with Phoenix over water rights. <laughs> Leaving the door open for a sequel, everybody in that theater is going to leave asking themselves, will the Supreme Court hear Godzilla v. Phoenix? <laughs> spoiler, alert, spoiler alert. No, they will not. Bader G says, no! Ruth Bader G. <laughs> We're tight. And so that's the movie that I've come here to pitch for you guys. Uh, I look forward to taking any meetings with you. 
Uh, rest assured, every meeting that I take with you will happen at a coffee shop in public view so that everybody knows that we're big shots. <laughs> I fucking hate that. I hate... Ha get in office. Don't do your meetings in the coffee shop. I'm so, I'm so tired of that. You see just two people with legal pads and their phones out, and they're like, oh, buzzwords, buzzwords. Oh, this is, this is a projected analysis. Fuck you. Get in office. Don't do that in public. Don't do that in front of me. So I've decided this is what I'm going to do next time I see that. All right, so this, you guys will be the business people. Okay. And listeners at home, two people will be... <laughs> All right, so you guys are having your business meeting. You're, you know, ah, we're so important, ah, whatever. This isn't you. This is a character. Just go with it. <laughs> yeah, we're so important. We're at this coffee shop. Look at these ideas we're coming up with brainstorming. And then I come up to your table, and I just look at one of you. Then I look at the other one. I pause. And I tell him, I want in. <laughs> I want in. <laughs> And if they get really weird about it, I'll just, oh, no, that's fine, that's fine. I just start moseying towards the door. Good luck with your business plan without the access codes. Boom! The whole place explodes. I rigged it. <laughs> oh, you didn't like the uh, explosion part, eh? <laughs> it's my birthday. You have to. I got to go. Good night, everybody. Wadenhofer only booked because it's his birthday. <laughs> a round of applause. That's obviously not true. He had applause breaks. You guys got so nervous. Wait, what just happened? I walked back. One more round of applause for Jeff Wadenhofer. You get over here. Well, that's not where I expected her to go at all. Where are you going? To the, are you going to the bathroom? It's right over that way. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm actually sad that you just didn't know where the bathroom was. I like the... No, no, I just mean I, I just love a world where you're like, see ya, and then you, but you just run back further into the audience. I'm not leaving, I just... Because <laughs> it was very... It was also very like, I gotta get out of... Stay, I gotta get out of stay. Um, that was rad. I liked that a lot. And she just jumps through the window into the sound booth. <laughs> Starts turning up the levels. I can't listen with these levels like this! Well, I loved that girl. She's my favorite so far. Everybody else here has a lot to learn. Fire exit is through the floor. There's a fire. Start digging in the stage with your nails. I want nails first through the stage. That's what I want. That's how you get out of here. You in the back are totally on your phone. You've been on your phone a lot. How's your life going? What you checking, boy? Oh, God, fuck me. And also, fuck you. Fuck both of us. You checking with your grandma? I don't believe it! It's 8.30 at night, 44. Your grandma's, there's no way she's texting you at 8.44. I know, grandma. No, is she all right? Is everything okay? <laughs> is your grandma seriously texting you right now? Or you... <sighs> I hate myself. <laughs> no, don't do it. I'm not digging myself out. This is a real thing. You guys are seeing a real moment in comedy. This is a, this is a strange thing that happens now. People are on their phones. It's very strange because... Uh, because people will like put the screen down, but I, but the honestly, like the further you move the screen down, the better it illuminates your face. <laughs> so there's like a new thing as a stand up where you're just like, oh, your crotch is blue, it's glowing, and you are swiping it. I hope she's okay. I'm glad that you're hanging out here in the interim. Thanks for being at the show. Let's hear it for that guy. Oh, awesome. Well, I mean, I've endeared myself to you enormously. It's my no bullshit, no grandma's attitude. 
So we are going to keep the show rolling. And thank you guys so much for your support on that. That felt great. You guys did a great job. Thank you. Yes, keeping it rolling. This next comic, I'm so happy he can finally do the show. It's his first time here as well. He's uh, newer to the city, and I just love his stuff so much. Let's hear right now. Guys, come on right now for James Austin Johnson. Give it up for James. Give it up for him. Everybody run around real quick. Everybody go somewhere. Go somewhere, it's time to go somewhere. <laughs> hey guys, I'm from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. My name is James Austin Johnson. I've been here in Los Angeles for a little bit. Um, <coughs> uh, okay, do something visual for the podcast people. Um, somebody told me recently that I look like a picture of a grandfather from when he was young. <laughs> what do you guys think? Like, I can't quite pinpoint what he's talking about right there. I think it's the big, doofy Norman Rockwell front teeth. I've been, I have been looking in the bathroom mirror in sepia tone. I'm going to be a granddaddy one day, but right now I'm headed to Korea. I'm going to do my part. Oh, that's a good man. Now I'm here in Los Angeles. It's fun. I live in Highland Park. Anybody? Familiar with Highland Park? It's like a, it's like a town. Yeah, clap it, clap it, bop it. It's like a town. Everybody that lives in that town is like the person that does that thing. You know what I mean? Like it's that much of a town. Like that's the veterinarian. That's the bakery lady. You know what I mean? There's this guy who comes by at 9:30 a.m. every Saturday, no matter if anybody's sleeping or awake. He's got a little cart and he bangs a little bell and he goes. Tamales! 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 He stops in front of an, a big apartment complex and faces it and, and screams, Tamales! Tamales! And he's the doctor. He's the town doctor. That's a comical notion. The town doctor, what's he saying tamales for, huh? Maybe he needs to see a doctor. So, um, hey, anybody, have you ever, have, have any of you guys been, um, you're having a good time recently? Yeah, maybe it's, uh, you're, you're with one other person and it's getting a little intimate. You go back to your place and, you know, you forgot to pick up. You forgot to pick up around your dirty, dirty little asshole of an apartment. Anybody? <laughs> I, uh, this was happening to me recently. I was, uh, got this girl back at my place, and she, she saw the whole wall where I'm solving my brother's murder. <laughs> you cannot dance your way out of that one too well. No, you can't. What's this map with all these Polaroids connected by red string? I am solving my brother's murder. <laughs> Valiantly. Uh, it's more of a weekend thing. Um, I mess around with it sometimes, pretty much whenever I get another piece of evidence, but that's like, uh, it's not really happening late. Oh, the white shoes. The white shoes were on the boat. The white shoes were on the boat. I just found this out, so they couldn't have been in the cop car on Thursday. I'm sorry. Are you from here? This was really huge, like three years ago. No? Okay. What's this giant crossword on the other wall? Oh, that's just like a big crossword. Um, I got the murder stuff up and I needed something for the other wall. And uh, uh, I'll smoke like a little bit of a joint thinking I'm gonna work on the murder for a while and uh, I just end up doing the crossword. Um, yeah, it's a, real, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Um, you guys like silly voices? All right. I want to do some silly voices now. Um, this is a mom mugging somebody. Drop it. Give it. Give it to me. Now. Now. I'm not kidding. Don't put it in your pocket. Give it to me. Now. Turn around. Riley! Riley! Riley Henderson, I am not kidding around. Turn around. 
give it. Give it or no Xbox. This is Bob Dylan's cell phone set to vibrate. So just imagine if Bob Dylan, uh, a folk singer emeritus of America, uh, was maybe in a meeting. Freedom. Freedom. Does anybody go through a chunk of time, like, you know, like three or four months, uh, you don't have a job, uh, nobody to care for, no one to care for you? Anybody do a chunk of that recently? Just a whole stretch of it? Uh, the key to getting through loneliness is to make it fun. And I figured out this little thing that you can do if you're going through a little chunk of time like that. Um, and this is especially good if you like Katy Perry. Uh, what you do is you go into the main bathroom of your place and uh, you look yourself in the mirror and you put your hands on the two sink knobs there. Make sure nobody's in your place. <laughs> and you just go, You're hot, then you're cold. You're warm, then you're off. You're cold, then you're hot. You're cold, then you're cold. You're off and now off and warm and then cold and warm and hot. Hot and cold and hot. Cold, I'm looking at me. Don't like what I see. I can't find a job completely alone. 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 I am alone. I'm alone. I'll have you know that I'm alone in the bathroom. I said I'm alone in the bathroom. There is no one in the kitchen. Christopher Watkin. Christopher Watkin. Christopher Watkin. Christopher Watkin. I'm Dev Christopher Watkin. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, I'm Dev Christopher Watkin. I'm Christopher Watkin. You don't really want to stay cold, cold, hot. Um, that's it for me, guys. Thanks. I'm Dave Stern. Great. Oh, hey, we're going to keep the show right on rolling. Now, this next comic, she is a producer on this show. She's a host on this show. And it is also her birthday tonight. Uh, you know her. You love her. You know her. You love her. Let's hear it right now for the amazing Rhea Butcher, guys. Give it up for Rhea. You guys, give it up for put the jacket on for you guys. Everyone is super hot, right? Yeah. It's like very hot in here. Yeah. I'm still wearing this fucking shirt. It just put itself on me. I can't not wear flannel. It just jumps right on me. It's like the end of Fantasia. I have to smash all my flannels and just one, one, one's left sitting in the corner. Anyway. Fun little Fantasia riff up top. Get you guys comfortable. It is my birthday today. Thank you. Thank you. I have been wished a happy 26 and a happy 30 and a happy sweet 16 all day today. Um, it's because uh, the lesbian fountain of youth. We just uh, look like Kevin McAllister for the rest of my life. It's also that, and I was raised vegetarian. So, like, I've never eaten meat my entire life. Also, including when my mom was pregnant with me, because she was also a vegetarian. So my ultrasound was just, like, a little cube of tofu <laughs> and a bowl of hummus. Roasted red pepper. That was spicy. 
Born in August. It's hot. I don't mind getting older, though. It's not like I... I, I do love when people are like, oh, my God, I'm so old. People say that in my office all the time. Oh, my God, I'm so old. I'm so old. How old are you? 22. The best part about being 22 is you think you know more than a 21-year-old. That's my favorite memory. Oh, God. Back when I was 21, I knew nothing. Still don't. Still don't know anything. My favorite part of aging is not caring about things. I used to care about a lot of things, like music, television, politics. Now I just don't care. I went back home to Ohio recently and went to this place that I used to go dancing. Yeah, that's right. I used to go dancing at this place when I was in college. That's shorthand for, I used to drink a lot in college. So I went back because I thought it would be fun. And I went by myself, which is also an older person move. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to a dance club by myself. I haven't lived here in six years. I'm just going to pop right in there. It'll be like, nothing changed. So I go in. I'm like, you know what? This is super fun. I'm just going to start dancing. I start dancing. I'm pulling my old moves, the side-to-side keyboard thing. You know that one the fancy one. It's a, a bit of a, an improvisation off of a single leg bounce at a show <laughs> to show you're into it, but not too into it. That thing. You do it like a spoon concert. Oh, I like it. Yeah. And then after a while, by the end of that spoon concert, you're like, God damn it, my leg won't stop. This thing hurts like the Dickens. But there it is. So it's an improvisation off of that. So I'm getting really into it, getting real sweaty, starting to dance, coming up. And this gal's looking at me, and I'm like, still got it. Still got it in my old hometown. Killing it in Akron. So she starts dancing over to me. She's looking at me, I'm making eye contact, staying cool, just staying dancing, into it. She gets over to me, and she goes, are you okay? Oh, thank you. It's okay, I've been engaged, so I never have to dance again. Never gonna dance again. Um, I also, I went to like a, a big party recently, like a Hollywood party, uh, like my first one. Not bragging, uh, cause just wait for the rest of the story. So I went to this party and I, I uh, hey, I look cool, but I'm not always cool. Sometimes I try a little too hard to be cool. So I get to this party, and my friends were taking me, and they knew the person throwing the party. Now, this person is a famous person who I'm not going to name. They are a famous person. They're great. That's all you need to know. It's a famous person that you would like. So I went to this party. It's two people. I'm sort of hanging back, being introduced into the gateway of the party. The host is there saying hello to my friends. They all hug, and then I think, sure, I should do that too. And I begin to hug this person, and I realize... Oh, this person does not want me to do this at all. This was a bad decision. And it felt just like when you're leaving your house and you're holding the doorknob and you're pulling the door and you go, oh, shit, I forgot my keys, I forgot my keys! (laughs) And you cannot stop. (laughs) Except this time I was making direct eye contact with another human being. But again, I'm getting older, I don't care. We'll all come around again. And some tiny lesbian that looks like a lumberjack will come to my party and she will hug me and I will not want it. But I hope that somewhere in my eyeballs I'll go, it's come full circle. (laughs) I have a bit bit of a a rust coal. Just have a lone star later on. Hollywood is a flat circle. So I just want to leave you guys with, uh, I thought maybe, just on uh, the, to leave you guys for my, my birthday, I thought maybe I'd play you uh, some of my family's traditional uh, music, because they sent me it, because we have that technology now. They sent me just a couple bits, so I hope that's okay. I just want to, I am from Ohio, I want to share that with you guys. What we do in that state, not, not a lot of people have been to Ohio, it's not a big tourism place. Um, other than Devo, people know about Devo. I thought I'd just share you, with you guys some family stuff. So just, if you guys are into that, just one second. 
This one is a song from my maternal grandmother. One last one. This is uh, this is actually also for my ma- maternal grandmother. She's prolific. So, <laughs> one second, you guys. This is a really good one. Actually, it really touches my heart. So, enjoy it. HBRB. Thank you. You guys get that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those people were so proud of Yeah. Yeah, I get the deep cuts. Are you kidding me? HBRB, I got that. Yeah. Rhea Butcher, one more time. She's so great. It is amazing to imagine a grandmother just walking around, popping them cards open, <laughs> really getting into the Macarena. Oh God! I wonder what she didn't pick. A lot of store, a lot of store, store wars, store wars cards. You know how they're building that store wars theme park? They're building on Disneyland. Store wars? That's what I'm talking about. So stores are are war. Store wars. What if I just talked completely normally, but then when I said Star Wars, shit got real weird for a while. And I couldn't unlink it. And I always came up in interviews. You know what I mean? Like, I was always just like, I really want the job. What do you know about acceleration? Oh, well, in Star Wars? <laughs> but the... She's saying, I don't... understand what she's talking about. Stores, you know? I'm just doing characters. And some of my characters, my, my well-rehearsed characters. You guys, we are almost at the end of our show. And it's been a great one, hasn't it? It's been a great one. Now, uh, because it was Rhea's special day, I, not, I was, you know, we, we, we decided as a group, well, Rhea will go up and she'll do a set. And we also said, hey, Rhea, you can pick pals to be on the show. So she was instrumental in all of the booking tonight, and boy, didn't she pick some great pals. And then we were like, okay, Rhea, who's your big gun? Like, let's say you can get, like, you know, like who's, who's your big gun? You want to come out and ask him a special favor, come by the show. So we got a pal that I think you guys are going to love, uh, and he's backstage. So please, a round of applause for the amazing, the legendary Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Happy birthday to everybody. Uh, I must confess to you that I uh, missed a good chunk of Rhea's set, even though I was sitting right backstage listening, because when she finished the dancing story and said, twice, I'm never going to dance again, I started imagining her singing Careless Whisper by George Michael and I think I imagined her singing the whole thing like not in not, not in real time like at 1.5 speed but still I think I I think my imagination got through the whole song and I have, I I have to say it was really wonderful it was a it was a it was a great cover it was pretty straight ahead acapella obviously but uh, everybody, you were all into it, and it, it, it really went great guns. So I, I, missed, I missed a lot of the following setup. 
that's not what I'm here to talk about. Um, I'm only vaguely aware of what I'm here to talk about. Uh, I have put on some weight recently, and I feel like a garbage can full of garbage. And I don't like it. Um, and the reason for my weight gain is that, uh, a, I'm going to say, it was about, about a year and a half ago, um, I realized I was in the throes of a clinical depression. And so I heard that there was pills that you can take. Look, this is none of your business. I choose to tell you this. And so I went and got these pills, which, by the way, I don't know why antidepressants are not routinely called chill pills. I think when, when people are yelling at you to take a chill pill, it's because you're very agitated, but I, I think that if you're very sad, somebody should come up to you and say, hey, 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 why don't you take a chill pill? So one of the side effects of these pills is uh, weight gain, and then another side effect is when you see evidence of your weight gain, you say, eh, and don't do anything about it. Because you realize, well, this is, I'm not feeling as bad now as I was feeling back then, so I think this is manageable. But uh, those days are over, and I'm fucking sick of this, and I have a closet full of beautiful clothes I can't fit into. Look, the thing that led me uh, to do this and to realize uh, that oh, okay, this is, a, you know, this is like a chemical thing I should go get a fix, is that I had been in therapy for years. And uh, the thing that led me to therapy was that I was never good with relationships. I always had a problem with relationships. And I had a specific type of woman that I always went after, which was women that did not want to be with me at all. <laughs> and this was my type, right? And so... It all came to a head when I fell in love with a friend of mine, a female friend of mine. We were very close friends. And then it was almost like I woke up one day and said, what would be the worst possible move I could make right now? What would be a life-altering mistake that I could make at this juncture? And so I, the, th the problem is I'd seen too many movies, right? And so I was thinking, well, this will be like the perfect thing. I'll confess my love to her. And then will I kiss under a clock? in a, a train station or something. Well, this young lady had not been watching the same movies that I had been watching. And so I told her, and she was uh, angry. And, and, uh, and she told me so. And then we had a very strained relationship for another year or so where she could not just deal with my man anger, right? Where it was like... <laughs> I don't understand, you know, why you didn't call me uh, to go to that movie. Because aren't we friends? We're supposed to be friends. <laughs> and so after a while, she'd had enough of that. And she, like, cut me out of her life. And I was devastated. This was horrible. And at that time, I used to go every Friday night to uh, Largo, the nightclub on Fairfax. And I would go see the John Bryan show. I would stand at the back of the bar and drink beer with my friend Ellen, the bartender, and I would just get blind drunk every Friday. This is what I did in lieu of having a relationship. And so one night, this is right after my friend uh, had cut me out of her life, uh, I'm standing there at the bar, and I'm drunk, and my friend Ellen is telling me this story. It's a very cute story. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with relationships. It's about a little boy in her neighborhood who was scared of going to the doctor or something. And it's this very sweet story. She's telling me, and I start to get choked up. And then I realize, uh-oh, you are about to start crying in public. You have to get out of here. So I bolted through the, the back door of the club, and I sit down in the alley uh, on this crate, and it all comes out of me. Like, I'm crying from the soles of my shoes, just like scream sobbing into the asphalt, like, ah! I don't know how to live life! <laughs> and so, after a couple seconds, my friend Ellen comes out, and she said, oh my god, I saw you run out, are you okay? And she gives me a hug, and like, she comforts me, and I'm like, just sobbing, sobbing, and it's finally starting to abate and then she says, are you, are you okay? Are you going to be all right? And I said, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to be okay. She said, okay, I'm going to go back inside. And then she says, um, just so you know, uh, 
there's a guy over there. She goes back inside, and I looked, and there was a guy over there. This guy had seen somebody burst out of this club, right? Like, and just sit down and go, this guy's just trying to have a cigarette. So, so she goes back inside, I look over at this guy, and I go, Hey. And this guy says to me, You want a hug? Right? It's a good world. It's a good world. And I said, No, thank you. I'm okay. I appreciate that. And then he kind of ruins the moment. And he says, You want to get high? Oh, I wish, sir. I, w- I wish that that was what was going to fix this if I just started getting baked all the time. Um, so then I decided, okay, I got I to gotta call in the pros on this one. And uh, I started going to therapy, and I was very scared to go to therapy. I had no frame of reference for it. I'd never been to therapy before. I didn't know anyone really who went to therapy. I was not raised with the idea that this was uh, a thing that you could do, right? My, the culture in which I was raised was, oh, you think there's something wrong with you? I think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so it was not encouraged to go and you know, talk to a stranger about your problems um, or to admit that you had problems. So um, I think I was really afraid of stuff that I was going to find out. Like, I was going to find out some weird thing about myself. I don't know what I thought was going to happen. Like, oh, you murdered someone. What? How did I block that out? So, um, therapy was a, uh, was a very good thing for me. Uh, if you are having a hard time with anything... Uh, I think it's a good option. It's good to know that it's there. It's, not, it's a very scary thing, but it's not something that you need to be afraid of. Uh, it's worth a try. Um, it's not all about blaming your parents, but there's, there's enough of that that you feel like you're getting your money's worth. Um, I met Rhea Butcher several years ago when I was crossing the country by train. I, was, I decided I wanted to take a cross-country train trip from Los Angeles to Philadelphia, and I was going to take the Amtrak, and to make it fun, uh, I thought, oh, this would be great. I'll do like a, <laughs> a whistle-stop tour. Everywhere the train stops along the way, I'll let people know that I'm going to be there and uh, via Twitter, and then I'll meet people. And uh, I didn't realize there were like two stops. I didn't realize. I thought it was like... <laughs> Like, it was, you know, <laughs> the Wild West or something. And, you know, the train can only go for 100 feet before you had to, like, <laughs> blow up a mountain to get more coal or whatever. So, uh, traveling overnight, um, it's miserable. I don't know if you've ever done a cross-country train trip. It's horrible. And you sleep in a weird little coffin that you have to assemble yourself out of two chairs. And you're forced to eat with strangers. Like, I went into the dining car and sat by myself. And the conductor, like, scolded me. Like, no, no. You got to sit with people. Like, what? I'm like a grown man. You can't tell me what is happening. I paid money to be here. And it's like this enforced experience that you are going to chat it up with a bunch of the weirdest people in America who are either terrified of flying or aren't allowed to anymore. And they're very defensive about like the, everything they want to talk about is in this better. It's better than a plane. It's so much better. It's great. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fly if you paid me. That's insane. And everyone's racist, in case you were wondering. Everyone, everyone on the train is racist. And it does not take long for that to reveal itself. Uh, the weirdest being a guy who was in an interracial relationship. A white guy with, with an Asian wife. And they both agreed they don't like black people. It's like, all right, I'm glad you made me sit here. So uh, the train pulls into Chicago. 
And uh, I had told people, hey, I'm going to be at Union Station under the big flag. Come and see me. And so <laughs> what happened was, <laughs> I think it was like a dozen people. Rhea, does that sound about right? Less? Dozen people came, and we all just, like, stood around in a circle, like, just chatting with each other, but no one knew what to do. Like, okay, now we're, now we're here, like, I didn't have a speech prepared or anything. I say to you, this is going to be great. I'm going to do comedy in Philadelphia when I get there, but always a pleasure to meet people who come out and... Follow me on Twitter. Like, I didn't know what to do. So we literally, it was like a high school parking lot where we stood around with our hands in our pockets like, do you, do you live here? Or have you always lived here? No, I've been here before. It's great. I like it. Last time I flew when I came. That's better. I think that's better. But... But Rhea was one of the people that came out that day, uh, and um, I gave, I had, here's the one thing I did plan ahead. I printed up stickers that's, that looked like campaign bumper stickers that said, Paul F. Tompkins looked at me, 2010. Um, and so I gave Rhea one of those stickers. Do you still have it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then um, years later, uh, Rhea came. Uh, I was here, and uh, Rhea, I think, was making her... Was it your stand-up debut on this stage? Yes. <laughs> was it was or was it not? It yes. seems like you don't want to hurt my feelings. Yes, it was yes. Indeed. indeed it was. And I was... Okay, now it's too much. <laughs> uh, and I was very... I was very excited, and I felt a weird... Uh, uh, Pride that this person that I had met before they started doing stand-up, uh, I didn't even know that they had this dream, and then they went and uh, and followed that dream, and I'm very proud to be uh, picked for this show tonight. Um, that's it, everybody. Thank you very much. You guys have been terrific. Thank you. Put your hands together. Yeah, that's real. Oh, you should get a microphone for a second. But that's that's uh, guys. That's Paula Tompkins. First of all, that's Paula Tompkins. Because what an interesting bookend for the show. Yes. That I didn't realize Paul was going to tell that story. I'm so happy that he did. Yes. And that also actually was on my birthday. That was your birth. That was actually her Four birthday. Seriously. I'm not kidding. You didn't know that. That was today. That was today. <laughs> yeah, that was your birthday. And that we didn't, we didn't know each other. Did we, we did know? No, nope. no, no. We didn't know each other yet. And, uh, and then... Uh, so it is real. You can meet somebody in the train station. You can leave your job at the Sears Tower. Rhea yes. worked in the Sears Tower at the time. You can walk to the train station. Ride your little bike to the train Paul station. Paul Tompkins can look at you. He can look at you and give you a be like, I can do this! And then you can go start doing stand-up comedy yourself. So that's, it all, it all happens. It's all uh, passed along. One giant microphone baton. Yeah. Yeah. One big old flat circle. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that that feels very special. I'm so happy that I'm so happy that you started doing stand up comedy. I'm so happy that Paul Tompkins decided to take a train. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm so glad that we're going to continue to have great stories like this to tell in the future. Right? This is Absolutely. all. This is all. Uh, what it is? Someday, you guys are going to have that story. Can you believe it? You're going to be like, we were there. When that anniversary of from when Paul was on the train, then Rhea and Cameron were on stage together, but they didn't have a show yet. We were there that day. We saw somebody look from backstage into them on there, and we couldn't even believe that it happened. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you guys. We're every Tuesday night. Let's hear for everybody on the show. That's Rhea Butcher. That's Cameron Esposito. Have a great day. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.